Ushers, you go right ahead and take the offering. Now, I know that we're here for water baptisms this morning, so I'm not going to take a lot of time in talking, but I wanted to just give us a little bit of context, a little bit of introduction for all that's going to happen, because we have, over the last number of months, every now and then, we pause on a Sunday in order to do a Church is Weird Sunday, okay? How many have been here for a Church is Weird Sunday, okay? Because it's weird, you guys. Church is weird. And if you're somebody like me and you've been in some form of Christian church your whole life, it doesn't seem weird. Everything just seems normal. And you go, what? Everybody knows this is what we do. No, it's weird. For people that are here for the first time, they go, what are they doing? Why are they standing? Why are they sitting? Why are they raising their hand? Do they have a question? And so we've talked about all of these. We've talked about different topics over the last few months, just trying to give some context and some help. We've talked about um, the music that we sing and why we stand and sit and kneel and raise our hands and clap and all of that kind of thing. We've talked about, we talked about the armor of God and how there's not actually a suit of, of armor that you go and pick up, you know, and get connected at the end of a service. We talked about all the weird language that churches have because it talks about the Holy Spirit, which sounds weird, sort of floating around and talked about Jesus and his sacrifice and we're washed clean by blood and what, right? And so we've talked about all of those different things. And so today, we're going to talk about water baptism because it's weird. Turn to somebody and say, it's weird. It's weird. It's like some sort of, some sort of religious dunk tank. Why on earth do we drop people in the water, get them soaking wet? It's not dignified. It doesn't look religious. It doesn't look very sacred. And somebody that's never seen that or has never been part of things, they have all kinds of questions. Or sometimes they come from different religious backgrounds and they have all kinds of questions. They go, why? Why do you get baptized in water? Why do Christians do that? Are we not actually Christians until the moment we're, we're baptized in water? What happens if we don't make it? What if we trip on the way and wipe out? Are we not a Christian? What happens? And then we go, does the act of baptism, does it actually wash away our sins? Is, is it a hot tub full of sinful water after the whole thing is done because all the sins have been left behind? Why do we do this? And then somebody goes, well, well, who gets baptized? Because I've seen different traditions and come from different backgrounds. And is it babies that get baptized? Is it grown-ups that get baptized? Is it believers that get baptized? Is it, is it just before you die or just after you die that you get baptized? And how? How do they get baptized? Do you sprinkle them? Do you dunk them right under the water? Do you sort of splash them, sort of? Is there holy water in the hot tub? Is there? Do you do it in a creek? That's what we did in my last church. We did, we did it in a river. And, and we would do the water baptisms there. Or here, do we do it like in a hot tub? Which, by the way, does not have fish bumping against your leg, which I think is a plus. And so, so how do we do it? Is, is it public? Is it private? And these are all different questions that people ask about water baptism, because if you don't know about it, it's weird. And all of these questions, they sort of reflect differences in what I call community standards around water baptism. So you will often hear me use a framework. I, I think I got it from Jack Hayford, if you care. And uh, this framework of biblical absolutes, community standards, personal preferences. Those are three things that help to settle some of the questions of our faith. So biblical absolutes are things that all Christians agree on. This is what the Bible says. This is part of our faith. 
okay? All Christians around the world for the last 2,000 plus years, biblical absolutes. Like there's a biblical absolute that says we worship and praise God and usually music is involved somehow. Everybody agrees with that, that part of your faith is to worship and praise God. The community standard then is the, is, reflects the community that you're a part of. So, so in this community, like in this church, we have a certain style of music or we have a certain way that we worship and praise God. And another church might have a different way of doing it. They might use different music. They might have different sort of actions or whatever that go along with it. And, and those standards tend to evolve over time. And as a community develops, they, they shift. It's not a biblical absolute. It's the community standard. And then you have personal preference because we all have our own personal preference. For example, of what music we like. Some of you like country. Some of you like rap. Some of you think you can worship God to metal and you actually can. And the rest of you are going, I don't think that's possible, but it is. Okay. There's some people that have a personal preference of folk music or some people like a choir, all of that. You can worship God in any of those genres. So there's a biblical absolute community standard personal preference. And that is true for a whole lot of questions of things that happen in the church. Helps to sort things out when we get a little bit, how come they're doing that that way? Because the only time we run into problems is when we start treating a community standard like a biblical absolute. And then we go, well, that church over there is doing it wrong because they're not doing it like us. No, no. We're all worshiping God. We're just, our communities have different standards. Or, or we run into problems when we assume that our personal preference should be the community standard. And it might be, but it might not be, and that's okay. How many are tracking with me so far? Good. That's, good. that's more than in the first service. So that's, that's a good thing. And so, so you go, well, Patty, I thought this was about baptism. It is. So let me get back to baptism, okay? You have the biblical absolute. Yes. Yes. Baptism is part of Christian faith. It's a biblical absolute. It's, it's accepted by Christians around the world, has been throughout every slice of Christianity, agrees that being baptized is an essential part of your faith. Jesus was baptized. He told us to get baptized. The early Christian church were all baptized in water. It was part of their coming to faith. And it has been that way for over 2,000 years. So whether it's Catholic or Protestant or Reformed or Anglican or Orthodox or Baptist or Pentecostal or any of the other slices of Christianity, all of them agree that water baptism is a biblical absolute. Okay? The differences come when you look at the community standard. Our community standard here at Evangel is in line with the fellowship of churches that we're a part of here in Canada called the Pentecostal Assemblies of Canada. And it is our best understanding of the biblical absolute without disrespecting the way other churches do it, okay? But we have our standard of how we do it. And so the short answer to some of those questions is, so for example, why? Why do we get baptized? Well, because Jesus said to. Who gets baptized? Believers. People that have made a conscious, intentional decision that they are going to be followers of Jesus for the rest of their life. That's why we baptize adults or teenagers or people that are old enough to have made the decision. We don't baptize infants because we believe that that we want them to grow up and make their own decision and then we're going to baptize them. And you go, how are, well, we just go all the way in right? None of this messing around with little bits. We just dunk you, full immersion in the water. So baptism in our community standard, it's not magical. It's not this instant, everything is different now, everything has changed. It doesn't bring salvation in itself, but it is a commanded part of salvation. 
And water baptism does not make you a voting member of this church. You can't get baptized today and then go around the corner and vote on our financial report. You can't do that. But it does, it is part of being connected to the overall church that Jesus established here on earth. So, so there's three basic ideas in our community standard around water baptism that I want to share with you today. I'm going to do it really quick, and then we're going to, we're going to actually do it. So it's symbol, ceremony, and statement, okay? But water baptism in our community standard is a symbol. It's a symbol in which we identify with Jesus' death and resurrection. We join him in that. We identify, but we don't actually die. It's a symbol. Romans chapter 6 in the Bible says this. Have you forgotten that when we were joined with Christ Jesus in baptism, we joined him in his death? For we died and were buried with Christ by baptism. And just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glorious power of the Father, now we also may live new lives. So since we have been united with him in his death, we will also be raised to life as he was. So baptism is a symbol of identification with Jesus. So in the same way that Jesus died and was buried, just do that hand motion with me, okay? Died and was buried. You're going down. Just as Jesus died and was buried, my old way of life ends and and who I was died symbolically, okay? And in the same way that Jesus rose from the dead, do that with me. There you go. Rose from the dead, died and was buried, rose from the dead in the same way I'm alive again, and I'm a new person, and I've left behind the person that I was. I am now identified with Christ. I'm a Christian. And so so this becomes an actual symbol or a picture of Jesus' death and resurrection. And that's why we just go all the way under. That's why we do full immersion. It just seems to us to best represent that whole symbol and picture. We go completely down into the water because it represents that burial with Jesus. And then come up again, which represents new life, resurrection. I'm a new person. It's a symbol. The second thing about our community standard around water baptism is it's kind of a ceremony. It's this, it's this moment captured right here this morning in this service that physically says, I am part of Jesus' church. I'm part of the church of Jesus Christ. And it's not like this once and for all joining, like some sort of membership badge. You don't have to take your water baptism certificate and carry it around to prove that you're a Christian. It's not that. But, but it's a little bit more, you know, it's not just identifying with Jesus, we, we live in this um, super individualistic society that, that says, well, it's just me and Jesus. I'm just, I'm just, I'm a Christian, but I don't like the church. Or I'm a Christian, but I don't want to be baptized in water. I'm a Christian, but I don't really hang around any of those other people that are part of it. Baptism has always been part of becoming part of the worldwide church. Always has. There would be no frame of reference. If you had said to the early church, well, I'm a follower of Jesus, but I I don't want to be in the church and I'm not getting baptized, they would have gone, what? What? It doesn't make any sense. Because it all, it all goes together. You repent, you're baptized. That's what happens. You repent and be baptized, you're part of the church. That's how that happens. And so it's this, it's this ceremony that says, I, I'm committed. It's like being in a wedding. I'm all in. I am a part of this group of believers that is known as the church of Jesus Christ. And the third thing is, it's, this, it's a public statement. I am a follower of Jesus. 
It's a public statement of faith. Our faith is not a private thing. Our faith is not hidden away. It's not personal and we just keep it a secret and and keep it behind closed doors. Scripture assumes that when we become followers of Jesus, we would happily let people around us know that. We would happily share it, just as if we would happily announce the birth of a child or happily announce that we've just gotten married or happily announce any, any number of things. We, it, scripture just assumes that this is a decision, this is a life moment, that we would, we would be thrilled to tell people around us that we're a follower of Jesus. And so baptism becomes a perfect opportunity to publicly acknowledge Jesus. And it's this perfect opportunity to say to family and friends, I've become a follower of Jesus. I've changed my life. This is really important to me, and I'm going to be baptized, and I'm asking if you would, would you come and be part of it with me? Because I have decided to follow Jesus. It's a symbol, it's a ceremony, and it's a statement. And we had, in the first service, we had two people that were baptized in water. And in this service, we have three more. And, and here's what I want to tell you. As Pastor Rob comes, and he's going he's gonna to get into the tank, and they're going to uncover it and all of that, do, the, do what they do for the little logistics, okay? But we have three people that are going to get baptized today. And they're each going to climb in, and they're going to briefly just tell their story of coming to faith or the statement of faith that they want to make. And then we are going to baptize them. Now, I, I want to tell you, a secret, okay? Don't, don't tell anybody else. I just want to tell you a secret. Some of the people getting baptized are a little bit nervous because all of you are staring at them, okay? And, and, and some of you, and I love you all with all of my heart, but some of you, you go, I am smiling, and you're not aware that you look a tiny bit unfriendly, okay? So what I want you to do is turn to the person beside you and just ask them to check your face. Do I look pleasant? Do I look like I'm smiling, okay? Because I want you to present a friendly face to these people. I don't want them to be terrified, okay? So put a smile on your face. Tell your face you're happy, okay? And, and they're going to tell their story. And then what's going to happen is uh, they're going to they're gonna be baptized. And when they come up out of the water, how many know this is a huge moment, right? Huge moment for each of them. I don't want you to get all holy and silent on me, Right? When they come up out of the water, I want a mighty cheer to erupt out of all of us here to celebrate this decision that they're making. Can we do that? Maybe we should do a practice run. You ready? One, two, three. (laughs) Pastor Rob, it's all yours. Great time. Time of celebration. A time of uh, commitment, new birth, all those things. This is a church that embraces the community, that embraces their family members. And uh, I was speaking with one person earlier today. They're in the process. I always call that a pre-conversion state. They're searching. They have the questions. They're asking, you know, I, I want to find the meaning of life. I want to come closer to Jesus. We introduce them to other people within the church. And you just see the church begin to close in as a family around this person and say, hey, we want to help you on your journey. We want to be a part of that. That's what this is today. This is a part of you being a part of them. It's our family coming together. This is new life. You know, when we do baby dedications, we're excited about the new life that's come. This is the same thing, but maybe in a, from a different perspective. But it's our family embracing uh, their, their, their belief. It's embracing their relationship with Jesus. 
and they're new believers. So they're going to have some questions. They're going to need some parenting, spiritual parenting. And so we want to be a part of that, right, as a family, to come together with them and encourage them. I love baptismal services. There's something just so new and refreshing. And even as we're doing this today, would you take a moment? Just think of your baptism. Most of you, many of you have been baptized. But some of you, it's been a long time. For me, it's been a long time. And so to stop and think of that baptism again today as they're coming and they're doing theirs today, I want you to remember yours. Remember that new life and that time of relationship with Jesus. So we're excited today. We're going to have three people come. Virginia, will you come? Come on, jump into the tank with me. Virginia's going to just tell her story of faith today. Um, Six years ago uh, was the day that I declared to my mother, I'm not coming back to church. I don't feel anything. uh, I didn't feel anything. So I told to her, I'm going to come back to you, uh, with you to the church. So she told me, okay, just come one last day. And I said, okay. So I went to the church with her, and I always uh, uh, sit down at the end. And at that moment, the church was full. So I just have uh, a little seat in the, entree, in the aisle. So I sit down in the aisle, and uh, the, the priest started to talk. And uh, some powerful power came to my heart, and was the Holy Spirit telling me you are coming back because now you are alive so <laughs> oh, I don't want to cry <laughs> so um, I was living a died li- a death life uh, now I am living a, the life that Christ uh, promised to me he passed the cross to open me the door and uh, I just just so thankful so thankful. I just want to tell to us that we are so, so, so blessed because we have a Lord of love. It's a Lord over all. So uh, thank you, Jesus, and uh, thank you for my new life. Amen. You're loving Jesus, aren't you? Amen. Well, with this public confession of your faith. I now baptize you in the name of the Father, in the name of the Son, in the name of the Holy Spirit. is a part of our church family, part of our ministry team. Celeste, come and share your story of faith today. Oh, good morning, everybody. Um, today, today is more than a joy for me. I'm going to give you a short version of my journey here today. I have been baptized in the year 1984, the, 8th, the 25th of March, 
at the Movon Pentecostal Church under Pastor Alistair Alexander in Trinidad and Tobago. Um, however, 22 years ago, my life has been a roller coaster. And I came to Canada eight years ago. I was looking for a church and someone introduced me to this church. And when I came in, I knew, I knew within my heart, here's where I belong. Um, however, lots has happened. And um, God has been so good, so good to me. I've been up through ups and downs, sickness and trials. And God has always been there. My journey today is, uh, I was um, reading a scripture, the, the uh, um, Revelation 3, 15 and 16, which talks about being cold, lukewarm, a hot. I no longer want to be lukewarm, neither do I want to be cold, but I want to be set on fire for Jesus. So today I declare, according to Galatians 2.20, I, Celestina, am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, not I, but Christ who lives in me. And my journey today is, Lord, I thank you for your mercies and your grace. I thank you, God. Thank you. Father, we thank you for her. With the public confession of your faith today, we're so thankful for you. We now baptize you in the name of the Father, in the name of the Son, in the name of the Holy Spirit. This is Omar. Omar is a new friend of mine. Come on in, Omar. Omar has been attending Evangel since about July, attending some of our Bible studies, and has uh, an incredible journey of faith. I just wanted to share it with you. Hello, everybody. I believed in Jesus Christ in Christmas Eve 2011. I former a Muslim. I'm happy to be um, believing Jesus Christ. I'm happy to bring a peace for my life, for my family, and I'm happy to be a member of with your family here. Thank you. Omar shared a little bit of his story with me. Uh, 
that he left his home country for religious persecution reasons. And even in this country, word is being sent back to his homeland uh, of his faith, which is creating some controversy and some continued persecution. And so we're just thankful that he can uh, come and be a part of our family. Uh, I believe that work has taken him to Gatineau. So he's been moving to Gatineau and living there and working there. And uh, we just want to be a part of, of his life and a part of this commitment as he continues a new life in Jesus Christ, as he follows uh, Jesus as his Lord and Savior. Omar, on the public confession of your faith today, we now baptize you in the name of the Father, the name of the Son, and the name of the Holy Spirit.